You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now. I'm On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Presented, of course, by DraftKings. We love those dudes. You know why we love them right now, by the way? They're giving away $500 to one of you guys. Which is just nuts to me, but that's how they roll. It'll be Joe and myself against 10 of you in our next best ball draft. The winner takes home $500, which is amazing. Send me any sponsor confirmation you got from any of our sponsors that you hear on the show or at RossTucker.com or just go to get a free estimate at WestShoreHome.com slash Ross. We actually have posted that on social media at Ross Tucker NFL and at Ross Tucker Pod so you guys can get into that. There's a lot for us to get into today for sure. Thank goodness I've got for my money the best fantasy football analyst in the galaxy the great Joe Dolan, at FG underscore Dolan. Great time, by the way. I mean, the best time for you to subscribe to FantasyPoints.com was like five months ago. The second best time is right now. FantasyPoints.com. Use the code 23FEAST. They have an army of analysts and data to help you guys win your fantasy championships. Joe, we got to talk about the running back news. we got to get to your tight end tiers. We got to go over one of these awesome best ball rosters from one of our listeners that got sent in preseason week one thoughts, but let's start with the running back stuff because uh, we got a lot of clarity. It feels like Joe, the last 24 hours, let's start with Dalvin cook. You know, it felt like the whole time it was going to be the dolphins or the jets. It is the jets, Joe. So people like, Pro Football Doc, SportsInjuryCentral.com, who had been pumping the brakes on Brees Hall. You had been warning us about Brees Hall, Joe, for weeks. So first and foremost, uh, we actually just got breaking news literally as you started the podcast. Um, and it's not going to surprise anybody, but um, Colts, Colts coach Shane Steichen uh, has named Anthony Richardson their starting quarterback. Uh, so Anthony Richardson, who uh, I obviously put in my tears of Dolan as maybe the mid to late round quarterback that you could get who could break fantasy as a running quarterback, he will start week one. So you're not going to have to play the long game with him like you did Justin Fields, or we're still playing the long game with Trey Lance, um, like you did with those guys a couple years ago. Anthony Richardson will start week one. So uh, that's, that's good news for fantasy football. Let's get into some bad news for fantasy football. Dalvin Cook signing with the New York Jets. So... This is one, when Dalvin Cook was on the market, you said Jets or Dolphins. As a fantasy guy, I like clean and easy. The Dolphins would have been clean and easy for me because you would anticipate Dalvin Cook would go in there and handle 60-plus percent of the workload easily in Miami. I'm not 100% sure that's going to be the case with the New York Jets. So here's the thing about Dalvin Cook. He was not washed up by any stretch of the imagination last year. 
He was 12th in yards after contact, 14th in missed tackles forced per attempt, and was 20th in explosive gains of 10-plus rushing yards uh, among running backs. That's per fantasy points data. There is still some stuff left in the tank for Dalvin Cook. And while I think this is simply a bit of good business by the Jets, what I here's, here's the deal. Brees Hall came off the pup list today. So Brees Hall is returning to practice, and he is on schedule. But I just really think the New York Jets wanted veteran insurance because they think they're a contender. Well, you don't go out and get Aaron Rodgers if you don't think you're a contender. So I think the Jets wanted to make sure they're going into the season with as much firepower and as much insurance as possible. My anticipation, and I could be completely wrong on this, is Dalvin Cook's going to be their starting running back at the beginning of the season. There's multiple layers to peel back. Now, Ross, you know... Brees Hall was trending towards being a top five fantasy running back before he tore his ACL last year. I don't think the Jets are looking at this as, oh, we're down on Brees Hall. I simply think the Jets are looking at this as, we're contenders. And we're going to be much worse if Brees Hall isn't ready, if we have to rely on uh, on Michael Carter or Izzy Abanacanda. So now they have Dalvin Cook. I think Dalvin Cook is going to start at running back for the New York Jets, and I think he's going to start at running back in September. Whether he's starting for them in October, November, December, that remains to be seen. Brees Hall, to me, still has league-winning upside. The question is, where do you draft Brees Hall? He was going in the third round. I can't draft him there. I don't know if I can draft him in the fourth round. But if he falls far enough, then maybe he's the guy you end up playing a long game with. You say, I I understand that September, maybe October, Brees Hall isn't going to be getting 15 carries a game. But we know Dalvin Cook's dealt with injuries. He finally got his shoulder repaired this offseason. So Brees Hall, to me, is somebody who could be a league winner in maybe November and December. But we might have to pump the brakes on it. The New York Jets do not care about your fantasy team. They're going to play slow. Aaron Rodgers likes to check down to the running back. You obviously know Aaron Rodgers has seen Dalvin Cook from across the sidelines two times a year since Dalvin Cook entered the NFL. So Aaron Rodgers is very familiar with Dalvin Cook's game. I think there's going to be a level of comfort there, and then maybe he doesn't have it with Brees Hall at the beginning of the season. I expect this is going to be a sloppy fantasy um, situation, at least for a little bit. Dalvin Cook, to me, is like a ninth, 10th round pick, maybe. I'll I'll have to take a a deeper look at the numbers. I suspect he's going to be getting drafted earlier than I'm willing to take him. Brees Hall, I think people might be panicking about this move. So I wonder if people are going to let Brees Hall fall far enough where it's going to be advantageous to take him. But I do not anticipate Brees Hall being somebody who's going to come out and set the world on fire in September. And there could be a buy-low opportunity on Brees Hall midseason. I think there's certainly a buy-low opportunity on Brees Hall right now for Dynasty. Because Dalvin Cook might not have a ton left in the tank because of all the injuries that he's dealt with. Fascinating situation, but this one has become very sloppy from a fantasy football perspective. I just think it's good business by the Jets. Unfortunately, it affects us negatively. To me, Joe, there was two big winners from the moves yesterday. One is Devin Shane, the small rookie running back for the Dolphins. The other is Deuce Vaughn, the small rookie running back Mm -hmm. for the Cowboys. Because to be honest with you, this whole time, Joe, I kind of thought Zeke Elliott was going back to Dallas to pair with Pollard, but that's no longer the case. He is now going to back up Ramondre Stevenson in New England. Your thoughts? See, now this is one. 
two veteran running backs signed in two different spots yesterday, and one was, to me, problematic for fantasy. The other was not. That's Zeke Elliott signing with the New England Patriots. I am not moving Ramondre Stevenson down my board much. So let, let's, let's look at the facts here. Ezekiel Elliott, he's a good pass protector. I understand that. He was still good at the goal line last year. I understand that. Those are two things that are a little worrisome for fantasy. I'm not saying there aren't going to be times when Ezekiel Elliott comes into the lineup and scores a touchdown after Ramondre Stevenson did all the work getting the Patriots down the field. I'm not, I'm not saying there aren't going to be those situations where we're sitting there on a Sunday and we're like, wait a minute, Ramondre Stevenson just caught three passes for 33 yards on that drive and Zeke Elliott's the guy who gets to fall backwards into the end zone. That's going to happen and it's going to happen a couple of times. But here's the thing. Ezekiel Elliott is historically a good receiver, Ross. He was washed in that department last year. Per Fantasy Points data, among running backs with 50 or more routes run last year, Zeke was 84th of 89 at .48 yards per route run. Ramondre was at 1.38. So Ramondre was virtually three times as efficient a receiver as Ezekiel Elliott was last year. And Damian Harris, who has never been known as a receiver, was at 1.07 yards per route run. So Damian Harris, who nobody would, would mistake for Marshall Falk, is out there doubling up Zeke in yards per route run. And it wasn't just a, it wasn't a Cowboys issue because we know how great Tony Pollard was as a, as a receiver last year. By the way, speaking of winners uh, from Zeke Elliott signing with, with the Patriots, Tony Pollard, um, the, the overall RB1 is in Tony Pollard's range of outcomes this year. Um, so Ramondre Stevenson. Wait, say it again, Joe, about Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard has the overall running back one in his range of outcomes. Now, I'm not drafting him as the RB1. I'm still drafting Christian McCaffrey or Austin Eckler or Bijan Robinson there. But Tony Pollard has the overall RB1 in his range of outcomes. So that is a saucy second-round pick. Uh, he might be borderline first-round right now if you, can get your, if you can get your paws on him. Now, this is not perfect for Ramondre Stevenson. But there's plenty of evidence that Zeke isn't even better than Damian Harris was last year. And Ramondre still had 1,000 rushing yards and caught 60 passes last year. Now, the problem is he had only five touchdowns last season. The Patriots, though, Ross, had a touchdown problem. They didn't score a whole lot of touchdowns. You might remember Matt Patricia was calling the plays. This year, they have a professional offensive coordinator in Bill O'Brien. And then I'm not trying to tell you Bill O'Brien is Mike Martz, but Bill O'Brien has a lot of success as a, a, an NFL play caller in in the most important thing for an NFL play caller to do, score points. Bill O'Brien's had a lot of success doing that. Mac Jones, that entire offense regressed last year. I expect that entire offense to take a step forward this year. And I have it on very good authority um, from one of my Patriots guys. Bill Belichick loves Ramondre Stevenson. This is the this is the exchange that we had in a text yesterday. I said, Zeke thoughts. He responded, needed. He'll vulture TDs and play some on third down, but still love Mondre. He's their guy. And I and I responded, so they love love Mondre, meaning Ramondre Stevenson. His response was, yeah, Bill would kiss him. They love Ramondre Stevenson. This does not affect my love for Ramondre Stevenson. I still have him as a top 10 running back for fantasy. I cannot say the same about Brees Hall. A lot of fantasy drafts going on right now, Joe. Make sure you're drinking some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends 
and live in life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt, USA. Buffalo, New York. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, so Joe, before we get to your tight end tiers, it should be noted that DraftKings has a ridiculous offer for UFC 292 coming up this Saturday. Are you kidding me? Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code Ross, and new customers can bet just $5 on UFC 292 to get $150 in bonus bets instantly. That is this Saturday, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, with code Ross. Love me some UFC. Love me also some tears of Dolan. Let's dive into the tight ends, Joe. And I love this. You said Justin Jefferson's elite in a tier unto his own. Now you gave Travis Kelsey his own tier. This might be the second or third year in a row. It's not the elite tier. It's above the elite tier. It's the Kelsey tier. Yeah, um, you could also say I've renamed the Gronk tier because I started doing this with my tiers when Rob Gronkowski was so far and above the rest of the tight ends in the NFL that he had his own tier. Look, Travis Kelsey's the only tight end you can consider as a first-round pick. Mark Andrews isn't even close to that, in my opinion. Um, Travis Kelsey has his own tier. I don't think we need to break down how great he's been. Um, he's basically broken fantasy football for like three years running. We have a stat at fantasy points. Um, it's a fantasy wins above replacement stat, and he just laps every, he laps the field because he's so much better than every other tight end. He is a first round pick for fantasy. You know, I, I, like we've had this discussion dating back to Rob Gronkowski, and. It's, do you like your team when you draft a tight end in the first round? And oftentimes you just don't like looking at your team. But Kelsey, if you think you can outdraft your your peers in the rounds 2 through 15 or however deep your fantasy draft is, Travis Kelsey gives you a massive edge on the field. Just absolutely massive. I understand he's getting older, which is another um, which is another thing that might make you shy away from him. But the Chiefs very clearly believe he's still uh, elite. That's why they were comfortable moving on from Tyreek Hill last year. That's why they didn't really go out and do a ton with Tyreek uh, uh, to replace Tyreek Hill this year. They haven't invested a ton in the wide receiver position, and that's because they think Travis Kelsey's their number one. And the numbers, all of that bears it out. The future Hall of Famer is a first-round pick for fantasy football. The next tier is the elite tier, and it's only Mark Andrews. Yeah, Mark Andrews, um, I, I think... Very rarely are tight ends legitimate league winners. Mark Andrews was two years ago. He was a guy who I had on all of my best ball teams that went far in tournaments. He was a guy who carried me to winning um, a high-stakes league two years ago. And then last year, the injuries, the offense was broken, Lamar Jackson gets hurt. All these things go wrong for the Baltimore Ravens. But Mark Andrews is still their number one. 
the thing that keeps me from ranking him a little higher is I'm not 100% sure what Todd Monken's offense is going to look like. But, of course, Todd Monken comes from Georgia. Ross, you follow college football. What does Georgia have right now? What did Tight Georgia ends. have last year? Brock Bowers. Uh, yeah, Darnell Washington, who uh, would have been the top tight end on 99% of college football teams wasn't at Georgia because they have Brock Bowers, who's going to be a first-round pick in the NFL draft next year. So Todd Monken knows how to use tight ends. The thing is, the Baltimore Ravens, for the first time in forever, actually invested significant capital into the wide receiver position. Um, they they drafted Zay Flowers in the first round. They spent $15 million, whatever the hell they gave Odell Beckham this year. That being said, Zay Flowers is a rookie. Rashad Bateman can't stay healthy. And Odell Beckham hasn't had a 100-yard receiving game in the regular season in this presidential administration. So there are a lot of reasons to be negative about the Baltimore Ravens receiving core. Even though they invested in it, I still think Mark Andrews is their number one. Sub-elite, you've got TJ Hawkinson and George Kittle, both of whom are dealing with little injuries right now, little ailments. Yeah, and so Hawk um, was, I mean, he came into to Minnesota last year, and though his yards per route run was pretty low and his yards per target were pretty low, he was just getting peppered with targets by Kirk Cousins. I wonder if that's going to keep up with Jordan Addison being there, the rookie, but uh, TJ Hawkinson's the number two receiver on this team behind Justin Jefferson. George Kittle was a little bit difficult for me to categorize because there's a category after this where I think George Kittle could fit as well. Um, The 49ers spread the ball around a lot, and there's going to be games, I think, where George Kittle is their number one receiver. The problem is, like you said, George Kittle can't stay on the field. He's gotten hurt year after year after year, but when he's out there, he can carry your fantasy team. The next one is a cool category, Joe. Potential team number ones. Kyle Pitts down in Atlanta with the Falcons. Darren Waller with yeah. the Giants. Darren Waller, I mean, he he's up there, Joe, for some of the most hype training camp uh, practices uh, I've seen in a while. I think he might be number one. Like, and, and There were Giant beat writers who were saying they, the Giants had to – the Giants had to take um, – Waller out of the off the field just so Daniel Jones threw the ball to somebody else like the thing about Waller and Pitts though is of course injuries Pitts uh, Waller's gotten hurt two years in a row Pitts is still not moving at 100% as he recovers from knee surgery so there are injuries here but Darren Waller if he's healthy he is the Giants number one receiver like who else is it going to be Paris Campbell no not going to happen Kyle Pitts has a little bit more high-end competition for targets with Drake London and even B. John Robinson, but there's not a lot of depth in Atlanta. So these two guys are potentially number one receivers on their teams uh, who are going later in drafts for because of injury reasons. Love the next category. It's only one guy. Elite efficiency. Battle for targets. Dallas Goddard. That's the issue in Philly. Yeah, I mean, if Dallas Goddard was in Baltimore, he'd be a second-round fantasy pick. But he's not. He's in Philadelphia, where you have two receivers who are going in the first 24 picks for fantasy in A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Dallas Goddard um, has an argument from a skill set standpoint and from a number standpoint, quite frankly, on a per-target basis, to be the second-best tight end in the NFL behind Travis Kelsey. But he does he, he deals with injuries, so he's kind of like mini Kittle in that regard. Um, and, of course, there's the battle for targets. But Dallas Goddard is somebody who can win you a week for fantasy football. Um, and I never have a problem 
uh, drafting Dallas Goddard when he's out there. Low-end tight end ones, David Njoku, Evan Ingram, Pat Fryermuth. Yeah, these are guys who have competition for targets um, in, in, obviously, with uh, Cleveland, Amari Cooper, and Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore might be number two in camp height behind Darren Waller, by the way. Uh, so those guys are they're battling for targets there. David Njoku had a breakout season last year, but it still wasn't a great fantasy season. He had some big weeks, but it wasn't overall a great fantasy season. Evan Ingram signed to a long-term extension. He was a great fantasy pick last year, but now there's more competition for targets in Jacksonville, obviously with Calvin Ridley arriving in town. And then Pat Fryermuth, um, he's almost like, I, I guess you could say he's kind of like the Steelers version of Dallas Goddard. The problem is the Steelers had a touchdown problem last year. They couldn't score, um, and that's where Pat Fryermuth is going to have to make his hay. And, of course, he's dealing for competition for, with targets with uh, Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. Before we get to the breakout candidates category, Joe, I do want to make sure everyone strongly considers going to a preseason game and using the Game Time app to do it. It's so much less expensive than the regular season, especially if you have kids. I've got several buddies that did this and do this. In fact, I think I'm going to take my family to the Colts-Eagles game because I'm not broadcasting it on TV because it's on Amazon Prime. I mean, right now I'm looking at it. I can get into the Browns-Eagles, or you can, $24 Thursday night, Browns-Eagles. Regular season, like 200 bucks. I mean, and the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. So if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Can't highly recommend enough the game time app and preseason games. Because think about how inexpensive it is. And then you can download the game time app, create an account, and use code FEAST. And you get $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem code FEAST for $20 off. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download game time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. Joe, who are the breakout candidates? We got Chiga Conquo down in Tennessee, Greg Dulcich with the Broncos, and a lot of Jawan Johnson love in New Orleans right now, too. Yeah, so Conquo is the one I'm most confident in because even though they signed uh, DeAndre Hopkins there, he has the least target competition of this group. It's DeAndre Hopkins, Traylon Burks, and who else? Kyle Phillips? Nick Westbrook Aquina? Chigakonkwo, from an efficiency standpoint, literally had a Gronk-level rookie season. He just didn't get a ton of targets because of the offense. And it was... So, the question is, can he carry that efficiency into more targets? I love Chigakonkwo. He's my most drafted tight end this year. If I were to... So, here's the deal. If I were to draft somebody like an Evan Ingram as my top tight end, I'd probably want to double up and go get a Conquo as my number two. Or Greg Dulcich. The problem with Dulcich is, and, and Sean Payton's been hyping him up, saying, oh, you know, Jimmy Graham, he's our, our joker. The problem is Adam Troutman, they sign him away from, from, uh, from, the, from the Saints, and he's out there starting in the preseason with the first-team offense. So what are Greg Dulcich's snaps going to look like? Same deal with Jawan Johnson. What are his snaps going to look like? Because they made moves at the at the tight end position as well. Taysom Hill is officially listed as a tight end. They're going to ask uh they're going to ask Taysom Hill to catch more passes this year, they say. So that's the problem with these guys, but Chigakonkwo is my favorite breakout tight end of all of them. 
boring but defensible, Dalton Schultz, Cole Komet, Tyler Higby, Gerald Everett. Yeah, Dal- Dalton Schultz, you can make an argument, it's going to lead the, the Texans in targets, but average nine yards per reception. Komet's like a lowercase Pat Fryer move to me, um, but he did he was like the tight end eight over the second half of last season. Uh, Tyler Higby, he has big weeks. He has weeks where he disappears. Gerald Everett, the problem for him is, I like Gerald Everett a lot. The problem for him is target competition with the LA Chargers, but the Chargers are going to score a lot, which is a, a big thing for them. Joe, we also have two rookies that look like they're going to have pretty significant roles. Sam Laporta... In Detroit, Dalton Kincaid in Buffalo. The caveat, of course, being rookie tight end production uh, is always negative. Um, So, well, not always negative, but it's a big step to overcome for these guys. Uh, If I had to prefer one, it is Kincaid, but Laporta has a very clear path to to production this year. I'm looking forward, Joe, to next week where we're just going to talk about what we've seen through two weeks of the preseason, which is good. I mean, we can talk about it a little bit now, but... You know, two weeks would be a bigger sample size. There were certainly some young running backs that got you excited, Joe, whether it was Spears in Tennessee or Deuce Fawn in Dallas. And you just wonder, you know, are those guys that, that earned some more touches than maybe we thought? Yeah, for sure. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll do preseason recaps next week once we have more information. Next week should be absolutely awesome. We'll have two weeks of preseason information to go through what we know, what we don't know, what we learned. Plus, we're going to go over a couple of your best ball rosters. So send them in if you haven't already. Ross at RossTucker.com. And enter in to be in the draft against me and Joe and win $500. Again, Ross at RossTucker.com. Send me your sponsor confirmations or your free estimate at WestShoreHome.com slash Ross. I'm stuffed. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.